You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. That gay's kick is no good! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hey, Grump. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Actually, uh, me and the wife got to go out to North Carolina this weekend. I got to escape from New York and uh, see the countryside. First time in three months. Yeah, you can, really, you can really get lost in the nature of it all, can't you? Yeah, we were literally lost several <laughs> times on this trip. <laughs> we, uh, besides having a flat tire in Asheville, North Carolina, we were on some random you know, two-lane road in the middle of the night where there was a bad tractor-trailer wreck, and the locals sent us for a detour down a gravel road and down a dirt road with no lights, no uh, cell phone service, no Wi-Fi, so... There was a really good chance that last week's episode might have been the last episode you heard with your friend, the Cranky Fan. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, driving back through Baltimore, there was another wreck, and Google Maps took us through downtown Baltimore, where two kids were shooting Roman candles at each other and decided to start shooting at the cars. <laughs> so again, you may not have heard me on this week's episode. So we survived all of that. We survived how the rest of the country lives without dealing with COVID like we do, and we're still here, so... If I had to wager a guess, knowing you, um, did your wife have to fix the flat tire? Oh, no way. Well, <laughs> if we had a spare, she would have, but uh, we were able to get it to another car rental place and get our car swapped out. So a car with basically plastic wheels. It was a real adventure. Everything <laughs> about it was crazy. Well, you, know, you picked the perfect week to uh, to skip work if, if if you were to disappear for a couple of weeks. Too bad you're you're back in time to deal with it all. But a lot of stuff actually happened. You know, we we do these these season preview episodes, and we always kind of preface it like, oh, we'll finish it up next week with with some more games, and we'll also bring you some more news if anything happens. And usually, almost nothing happens. But we got a couple of things that are big big news, I would say. Uh, impactful news. Um, the the biggest probably happened just a couple of hours ago, as far as I know, in terms of the report, right? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, two things can happen in the offseason. Some teams love to win the offseason where any news they decide is good news, and it becomes silly season when bad things always happen. Right. And this is this falls into category B, silly season. Not silly what happened, but just bad news. Just just, just a, a, a comedy of errors, I guess, is what it is. Um, Giants kicker Aldous Rosas was arrested uh, late, I guess, I guess early this morning, um, Tuesday morning, um, after a hit and run. Um, and then, I be- yeah, I, I believe he physically ran after he T-moned a car barefoot, um, was arrested, and... Um, Alcohol is a suspected part of uh, the story, so that's not good news. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Our trend of having kickers run amok of the law continues, yeah. and uh, it's not a good trend. And uh, 
something we better deal with very swiftly as opposed to the last time we had an issue with a kicker. Yeah, you know, being a kicker in the NFL is a tough job. Um, I'll, I'll say that because what what you do is expected of you. I mean, e- even when even when you have to line up and do like a 55-yard kick or something like that, you know, people won't harp on you for not making it, but they'll remember you for not making it. They'll remember the game situation where you where you don't make that kick. And um, the moment you start missing kicks, you're out of there. So, you know, Aldrich Rosas went from his first time with the Giants being a really, really rocky season to being a Pro Bowler the next year, and then next, and then last year, his third year with the team was kind of on and off. You know, it's it's unfair critically to say that he had a bad year, but again, you remember two misses for every ten makes when it comes to being a kicker. Or I would say even one miss for every 10, ten makes. Um, and he, he kind of needed to have a good year this year. This is an awful way for him to start. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, especially when you're dealing with a new um, head coach. Yeah, who is a special a teams coordinator by a new trade. Exactly. So probably you would see the special teams, whether it's kickers, punters, uh, holders, snappers, gunners, everybody's going to be getting extra scrutiny than they would probably from any other team in the league. So this is not ideal for him, not ideal for the Giants, not ideal for the league. Uh, And, you know, we'll we'll see what they do. But the last thing the Giants can do is not do anything for any period of time. I think, you know, we have learned this year, especially that not saying anything is the worst thing you could possibly do, regardless of the situation. So I, I expect by the next time you listen to a Just Giants podcast, there will be some sort of punishment or roster alteration as a result of this. Well, so here's here's where this can be a good thing. Um, not a good thing. A good way to look at this. At least this happened now during the silly season. There is plenty of time for the Giants to sign a kicker for him to have competition in camp. Because now what we're looking at is that even if Rosas goes into camp, he stays on the roster, he goes into camp, and he blasts 60-yard field goals perfectly, he's looking at a probable suspension of at least four games. Now, as far as I know, this is the only infraction he's ever had against him. So I don't think that he'll have any extra scrutiny you know, perhaps the NFL will look at him running from the scene of the crime as a, a, a worse thing and, you know, tack on a game or two, but I'm not really sure. Um, but according to the new labor deal, they have, they have you know, eased up on the marijuana infractions and they've, in return, they've gone harder on things like this, drinking and driving. Um, so he's looking at a minimum of four games. So even if he were to nail every single one of those field goals, in the off season, and the Giants decide that they're going to stick with him, they have to find a replacement for four games. At least now, the full crop of kickers on the market are there, and that can be a good thing because we see in the middle of the season kickers get hurt. the 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 best reserves are all snatched up. You know this this is this is the time to have a kicker issue, I guess. Uh, absolutely, um, you know it's probably one of the hardest spots to fill during the season where things are going on. Uh, you know there are not that many. You know, as you can watch around the league, you know, qualified kickers as it is for one for a starter for every team. So if you have to make a, you know, if somebody gets hurt and you have to replace it, that can always be a problem. Um, 
something like this unexpected. So if it has to happen from a giant standpoint, it's now. Um, but, you know, well, I guess the ideal spot would be before the draft if you wanted to pick up someone in the draft. But, you know, from a team perspective, I guess you deal with it now rather than dealing with it in week six or something. Which is kind of what happened with the Josh Brown situation a couple of years ago. Um, that was about five or six games in, wasn't it? Uh, like, it I think it happened season, in the yeah. off season. We dealt with the suspension or something, and then more details emerged. I'm 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 a little blank on on how that happened, but I don't believe that it happened before the season started. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, it lingered on. It was like, what's going to happen? And then and the hammer went down. So yeah, yeah. So uh, you know that's that's tough. And, and and Rosas was already kind of in a in a. I mean, every everyone with a new coach and and stuff is going to be in that position of you've got to prove it to be here. But he was especially, you know, with a special teams coordinator for a head coach now, and having a less than ideal year last year. Um, you know, this is this is tough for him. This is a bad spot to be in. But you know, they'll they'll have to move forward. I mean, like I said, this is this is sort of the time to deal with bullshit like this. So. Yeah, and it'll be this little test to see what this new coaching staff does, how they handle uh, issues like this, too. I know, granted, a lot of it is kind of collective bargaining, what you can and can't do, but let's see, you know, let's see what the response is, and let's see how Joe Judge handles things like this. And, uh, you know, right now, again, because there's no other sports, we're looking at every little thing, uh, you know, uh, super clear eyes now, and, uh, you know, let's see what he says, and let's see how he handles it. You know, in terms of similar things, similar house cleaning issues, DeAndre Baker was kind of Joe Judge's first test in this sort of wheelhouse, and we're not really sure how that's going to play out yet so far. It's been, you know, very quiet on that open front. I expect there to be some noise about that by the end of this week, um, even if it's something as minor as an extension of the deadline. But there is a deadline at the end of this week for Florida to either proceed with charges against him or dismiss them. Um so we'll we'll likely hear something at the end of the week in regarding DeAndre Baker and then, you know, if the charges are dismissed, then I assume that by Monday we'll be hearing something or or Tuesday, uh we'll be hearing something from Joe Judge regarding him practicing or attending team meetings at that point, or if there's going to be any punishment from the NFL. Yeah. I think it's uh it's kinda of, I think it's in the hands of the NFL. I think well, obviously, the legal system has to play itself out first. Then we'll see what the NFL does. And I think it's just a waiting game right now. So we, there's nothing really more we can say about it until we know the next piece of it. Right. And, and you know, in, in terms of league-wide news, um, the, and this, this is, you know, this is bad bad news all around. You know, we're, we're kind of waiting on bated breath to see if an NFL season happens and if we'll be able to attend games and all that stuff. But... Ezekiel Elliott, as well as several other Cowboys and Texans players, testing positive for COVID-19 is a bad sign for June. <laughs> there is... You know, when I saw the news, and the first thing I want to say to any Giant fan, I think our fans who listen to this show are pretty smart. They're pretty mature. Let's not go, ha-ha, Cowboys, ha-ha, Ezekiel, you know, the guy we know is a bad guy. We know we hate the Cowboys, but you know, we don't want anybody getting sick and dying potentially. So let's let's kind of cool it with the you know making fun of 
of Ezekiel, let's not make, you know, kind of the giants or uh, the cowboys here. This is a serious thing. You guys know the tone I've had about this all along. So let's just kind of say that right now and be done with that piece of it. Um, but the first thing I was thinking about really was what would have happened to the season if this would have happened during the regular season or if this would have happened back in March, you know, even before, you know, and obviously it's not football season then, but if we would have known about this right at the same time that the NBA shut down because they, a couple of guys had, you know, cases of it. So this is probably the quote unquote best time to find out the news of this really before training camps have started before the season started, you know, unpacking, um, you know, there's still so much unknowns to know how what's going to happen between now and September, uh, how the league is going to unfold, how, you know, wave two starts up again. And I know cases are rising everywhere, especially in the hotspots like like Texas and like Florida um, that didn't necessarily have it first and the ones that kind of started unwinding early. So um, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to shake out. I mean, this could be potentially, you know, two steps back for the league as they try to to move forward. Um, I think it's the good news is I think he's not sick. I think he's just been tested positive for it. Uh, and we'll just see what happens. I actually don't know the details of, of how this news broke. I mean, obviously somewhere in there is a likely HIPAA violation where, you know, the news made its way to, um, you know, reporters who then got confirmation from his agent and, you know, whatever. That, I mean, that's somehow or another – he wound up getting tested. Now, I don't know if he went and got tested voluntarily just because he's being cautious or if the Cowboys are providing tests or, or, or how this came about. But I, I would think that at this time of year that he just wasn't feeling well. That's that's kind of the impression I, I got was that either he wasn't feeling well or someone that he was around wasn't feeling well and tested positive and alerted him and, and he went and got tested. Um, so, you know... I'm not overly optimistic that he just stumbled upon this information. Um, it could be, it could be anything. I mean, I've been to the hospital twice for routine procedures, nothing serious. And it requires a COVID test. Uh, you know, it could be, he was traveling somewhere they require a COVID test. So I, I, we can't speculate on why he had a test. It could be anything. And again, that's kind of this hip of things where, you know, uh, it's privacy, but, um, we can't speculate on why he's been tested or how often he's been tested. Um, yeah, you know, what, basically the NFL came out with a, a thing today about what, what their current plan is for the regular season in, in regards to COVID-19. And uh, it involves – they're anticipating saliva tests by July so they won't have to get a, a four-inch Q-tip shoved up their nose. Uh, for the test, which I, as I understand, is the current test. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I've had it twice. Uh, the first time, uh, the nurse that did it made it pretty painful. Uh, you know, your eyes water. You feel like you're going to sneeze for about 24 hours. Second time, it was a lot more delicate. You know, maybe because she played soft music and she was tickling my ear and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. She didn't treat me like a, you know, a two-bit hooker or anything. But uh, no, seriously, the second time that it was done was a lot smoother. It wasn't, you know, I wouldn't do it because I'm bored, but it certainly wasn't something to fear the next time. Um, 
Yeah, so according to the NFL statement is that they're they're expecting tests with saliva by July and players their their current plan is to have players tested 3 times a week. I'm assuming at some regular interval of you know, probably Sunday morning, uh Wednesday and and Friday, whatever the injury reports are kind of, you know, important. Um but I don't have I don't believe they've issued any clarity on what times per week they're going to be tested mm-hmm. but I mean gotcha. it, it, I mean it seems like a solid plan you know if all goes according to plan and again this could all go kaboom if there's some major outbreak in, in a second wave or or if a, a large portion of NFL players get sick or, I mean or if the players union I, I guess steps up and is vocal right I mean it could be anything I mean, it could be the players' union. It could be, you know, people who work in the stadiums. It could be anything that throws a, a wrench into this thing based upon the conditions on the ground. You know, again, we are all making these plans assuming that there's going to be no second wave and, you know, things are back to normal. And things are not back to normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's also going to be in different places around the country. So that's the other thing that to consider, too. You know, just because, you know, let's say Green Bay is fine or New York is getting better and under the curve, the hotspot hits somewhere and, and players, you know, get infected and then like it causes a breakout among the team and the team becomes a hotspot. That's going to shut the whole league down or alter the whole league. Not just that one team. Mm-hmm. Right. Because unlike, you know, industry, like if, you know, one meatpacking plant goes down, the competitors still, still go, you know, there's ecosystem. They're all related. So you, you can't have, well, they can't play. That's not the way it works. Right. It's going to be, you know, in, in 15 years, well, there will be a 30 for 30 on this year and how it happened or didn't happen or whatever, and I'll skip it. But um, in any case, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the big news this week. Um, hopefully this is a minor setback in the COVID-19 slash NFL um story for for 2020 um but you know assuming assuming that this is indeed a a minor setback and that 2020 goes on as as it is current with um its schedule the giants will be facing the dallas cowboys week five in dallas at 425 now we've been doing these season predictions uh, for the last couple of weeks, the cranky fan has the Giants at one and three going into Week Five, and yours truly, Football Grump, has them at two and two heading into Week Five. Um, how do you feel about facing the Cowboys Week Five? Well, I'm going to make the assumption right now that Zeke Elliott will play, and his you know he goes through the protocols, and he you know is better and he's healthy. So let's, let's do that right now. I know it's timely to talk about that, but let's go by that. Um, you know, Dallas giants, it's always interesting. You know, sometimes these games are games that giants seem to blow at the end. Sometimes they seem like they're never in it. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games. We're we're in week five now. I think this is one of those games where, the Giants are going to look like they're starting to get their shit together. And, you know, if this is last year's team, this would be a loss in pen, in pen. I just have a feeling, you know, because remember the Cowboys are new coaching staff as well. 
uh, you know, they're trying to get their, their shit figured out. Um, let's, let's shock the world and put giants in pencil for this one, where I think they start to turn the corner a little bit more and things are, you know, a lot different than they are than they were being week one with all the, the chaos around them and, you know, trying to get organized. So I, I'm going to go with a slight uh, giants in the thinnest of pencils. In the thinnest of pencils. Um, so <laughs> the way the way I see it, the, the, the Cowboys have one of the most talented offensive groups in the league right now. They, they've got a strong offensive line, a top five running back, a host of athletic wide receivers like, like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and, and now CeeDee Lamb. That said... I hate Mike McCarthy and his offense, and it really doesn't matter who is calling the plays. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay won games in spite of Mike McCarthy, as far as I'm concerned. And, and, and Dak Prescott doesn't really have any kind of talent to compare to Aaron Rodgers. And also, I don't think he's even the right fit for what Mike McCarthy's trying to do. No, I don't think so either. And, and, and you know, there's a lot of puzzling scheme fits. For, for instance, they're, they're going from a power man blocking scheme to... I'm assuming Mike McCarthy's zone scheme, which, you know, I, I think there's some really talented offensive linemen uh, in there that can make the transition, but it, it's, I don't think it's playing to everyone's strengths as well. And McCarthy's tired-ass West Coast 11 and 20 personnel package with five-yard slants, they can still pick apart a giant, dismal Giants defense, you know, even though it doesn't test their downfield weakness. Uh, you know the quick throws can brutalize an already weak pass rush, but but it puts the ball in Dak Prescott's hands more than it was under Garrett, and I think we're going to see the weakness of Dak Prescott. You know that that kind of noise in the media louder and louder this year. That said, Dallas has put a lot of energy into revamping their defense this season, and you know adding Gerald McCoy and Poe and Alden Smith and. You know, if he plays and Clinton Dix, it really puts a lot of pressure on the Giants to do something downfield, you know. And until I see decent pass protection from the Giants, I don't believe that it's going to be possible. <laughs> um, you know, add in the the away game atmosphere if there is any at all, and and coming off a West Coast trip while the Cowboys are on their second straight home game after fighting off Cleveland, I'm I'm just seeing a bad loss here, even though I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I just think the circumstances at week five don't really play into the Giants' favor. So I'm going loss in pen, even though I think this one will be... I think this will be a two-score game that really is mostly a one-score game for the most of the game. Okay, so you, so let's clarify that. I think we did last week, the week before, the difference between a close game and a game in pencil or pen. Right, pencil yeah. and pen is our confidence level in what we're predicting. A close game is irrelevant. I mean, we'll we'll clarify that if if we feel like we need to in our prediction. But pencil right. and pen has nothing to do with how close the game is. Only our confidence in the prediction. So before the season starts, we're going to have our previews of the uh, teams in the division. Uh, but for a little taste for everybody, you said you said the Cowboys are, quote, not a good team. Is that what you just said? I don't think I think they're going to take a step back this year. I mean, I, I think that they actually do have roster pieces. I think hiring Mark, Mike McCarthy was a mistake. And I think that they they also lost some some, you know, talent that they didn't adequately re- replace in my opinion but they are still in my opinion the best team in this division roster wise um, 
by the end of this year, I don't know that they're going to end up first. You know, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, this wasn't the the most talented comp- uh, division to start with, and you know, offseason moves have. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's getting a little closer to the center. I don't think they're four even teams, but I think, you know, I think the, the Giants, you know, on the margins have made themselves better. You know, Washington really can't get any worse. Uh, so I, I, I don't think you're, there's any lopsided mismatches within the division this year. Like, oh boy, you know, Dallas is going to beat Washington by 36 and they win by 36. I think it's going to be, you know, I hate to use go the cliche mode, but on any given Sunday, I think anybody could be anybody in this division, you know, on any particular day. Yeah, I, I think by straight roster talent, I think Dallas is better, but I think. I think some of the players that they have will not respond well to losing by coaching decision, if that makes any sense. If Mike McCarthy's offense starts stalling, I think the talent they have will start falling apart at the seams. Um, you know, guys like Demarcus Lawrence are very outspoken, and, and, and you know, it just doesn't lend itself to that. That, that kind of attitude doesn't doesn't help teams in a bad spot get into a good spot. This is kind of the way I see it. Mm-hmm. You look at it as a close a close loss, but a, a definite loss. Yeah, that's that's how I'm seeing it. You know, it's it's kind of the way, you know, a, a lot of things are factoring in. I, I think at this point, like you said, the new coaching scheme and the Giants, you know, getting getting the hang of things, It's they're getting the hang of it right now. I just think that coming off the West Coast trip, and going to Dallas, who's now comfortably at home for the second straight week, I just think that it's it's too much to ask. But you know, as with all division games, we'll see where they are when they meet a second time. I really think that uh, you know our assumption there'll be nobody in the stands will help you know the Giants in games like this. You know that, and especially when we get to Philly, because uh, you know. <laughs> Going into those hell holes, it's not an easy thing to do, no matter how many Giant fans are making the trip to Dallas or something. So that is a pretty big equalizer. But you are right, though. The the actual logistics of getting on a plane and staying in a hotel and doing that is an advantage, for sure. Yeah. And, and staying in the division week six, the Giants return home and they host the Washington Redskins at 1 o'clock. Um, what's your take here, coming off your predicted win in Dallas? I think they respond with a win in pen. Nice. I feel that, you know, this is the time of the year where, you know, a lot of confidence will be made from that Dallas game. I think that Dallas game is going to be very important for this team for, you know, I I don't think this is a playoff team yet by any stretch, but I definitely think that, you know, a confidence building win really makes the rest of the season building on something moving forward into the future. You know, it builds more confidence in this coaching staff. It builds confidence in these young players, you know, the Daniel Joneses of the world, you know, the offensive line gelling and all that. And I think it really sets up this season to be meaningful in development as opposed to the last couple of years where you get to this point in the season, it was like, well, trying guys and almost playing out the string already. So I think based on my projection, you know, coming off a, a big win against the Cowboys, they come home, uh, they're playing a bad Redskin team. I said that everybody in the division is starting to get closer together, but there are still good teams and bad teams, and Washington is a bad team. Uh, 
I think they, it's, it's the right time to catch a team like that and build more momentum with a win. And uh, I see this as a win in pen. Man, I think this might be the first time that we agreed on a prediction here. I'm not really sure. Wow. Um, I have this one as a win in pen also. You know, Washington, that they were in free fall mode last year very early. And they, they hired my ideal head coach pick with Ron Rivera. Um, and they continued to do work in the offseason by taking Chase Young with the second pick in the draft, a position they secured only after losing to the Giants late in the season in 2019, which was, you know, debated on Twitter and everywhere else if they should have even been trying for that pick and, and, and yada, yada, yada. That's been, you know, reported to death. Adding him into a defensive rotation of Ryan Kerrigan and, and Sweat and Allen and Payne and Foster, Davis, Collins. That was always going to be a problem that we knew from the moment of that win. The flip side is that this offense looks like a complete disaster. Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> while improving down the stretch last year, was repeatedly denied a start by Jay Gruden for not being prepared and ready. And his attitude was called into question as well. And You know, he was very outspoken about himself not playing. He was outspoken. He had something to say about being passed up in the draft. And, you know, to me... I can't think of a single time a rookie should ever be calling coaching into question. Ever. Um, add that in with a with a weak group of wide receivers, near nothing at tight end, big questions and ifs at running back, and, and, and the poorly handled Trent Williams situation leaving them with the worst O-line in the NFC East. I find it really hard to see how they will be scoring points at all this year. Um, it's going to take a tremendous leap from Dwayne Haskins, a prove-it year from Darius Geis, Big years from young wide receivers and some serious O line play and health, for that matter, to put them to, to put together a productive year. And if the Giants' defense allows points to be scored by this office, offense, then they're in for a massive overhaul in defense. I I think that this is a game where, like you said, they build on momentum. So while I predicted a loss very very secure in Week Five, I think that there was some moments in that game where you saw them actually taking control. You know, it wasn't enough to catch up in the scoreboard, but this is the this is the week where they, by like the second quarter, you see back to back touchdown drives or something like that, and you just see them put the foot down on the on the gas, and just take it to Washington. This is where we start to see some gelling, I think, just like you said. And they got quite a run before that, Washington. You know, the stretch of games they have before they play us, they play at Cleveland, home against Baltimore, home against the Rams. You know, so they, uh, they're at Arizona before that, you know, home against Philly. That's quite a stretch. Sure. You know, uh, you know, there's no cupcakes in there at all, really. Even going out to Washington, uh, to Arizona is a long trip and everything. So, uh, you know, they have, they've gone through a bit of a gauntlet to get to playing us, too, you know, with it, with the new coach and everything. So I, I just like the way this sets up in the schedule as to play there at the perfect time. Again, building momentum. I'm not going to put this as a win and not in pen. Yeah, and and I think that puts us both at three and three after six weeks. I think, you know, something you give me three and three, no matter how we get there. And after six weeks, I am thrilled. Yeah, I, I I can be pretty happy with that based on the the several years we've had before. Now, you know, there's plenty that can go wrong after three and three. I mean, we could end up three and thirteen and be even worse than last year. So it's not much to celebrate yet. Right. But but the being, goal yeah, I the, assume the goal. in in second place in the NFC East at 3 and 3 maybe maybe tied in second place. 
um, is, is a good place to be. Yeah, the goal for this season is really year one of implementing what the coaching staffs want to do, you know, full thing, play meaningful games all the way through week 17. And, you know, when you're down, when you're one and four, you know, you're playing out the string very quickly. When you're three and three, you are playing, you know, with a purpose. Obviously, besides, you know, your professionals, you should be playing hard all the time. You know, you are very much in a playoff hunt. You can realistically look at the playoffs. You're seeing what the medal of your team is and everything. And we haven't been able to see that in years for this team. So, you know, I, you give me three and three right now, I'll sign up for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to, to see, (laughs) um, Hopefully, I, I don't even know what this show is going to be like with a team that's in it. You know what I mean? Have we <laughs> have we covered this team as a as a podcast since they were anything of note? Uh, did we start with the playoff year? Did we start? I don't after know that? if we started in 2016 or 2017, but it, it's it's hard for me to remember. But I think we started. Uh, I think we started the year after. Yeah, I think so too. So you know, this is going to be. You know, hopefully, it's some optimism this year. I, I don't know that we've been optimistic at all. So. Well, let's 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 define what our optimism is. I mean, I think optimism to me, I define as we are finally in the right direction for things. We are we're not rebuilding from a teardown mode. We are rebuilding from a we're putting pieces together in place, and I want to see this thing. That to me is optimism. Oh sure, I'm but sick. I mean at three I'm... and three, that shows me some life. That shows me that the the base seems to be there. We've got something to build on now instead of building on quicksand for the last couple of years. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so it, it it you know I'm not really sure what the show will be like. <laughs> it might be a full change. You guys may not like it. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what it'd be like to be a fan. Like even a giant fan would be good again. It's been so long. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. But again, this is all just predictions, and they'll continue next week where we'll cover week seven, week eight. Hopefully, we'll have some information regarding DeAndre Baker. That is good news. Hopefully, we'll have something on Aldrich Rosehouse in terms of, you know, actually, I don't think there's going to be anything on that for a couple weeks as the legal process will have to play out, and then the NFL will hand down its punishment, and then I'm sure he'll appeal, and, you know, that whole thing. So. There's that, and hopefully there's no more COVID-19 news for the NFL for the rest of eternity, but... Yeah, everybody, you know, again, just because, you know, most of the people who listen to the show live in the New York area, so you're used to the drill, but for people who live outside of New York, you know, who've kind of looked at the virus itself is like a, you know, a, a fire drill in your office where you... Everybody runs downstairs. They listen to the fire instructor, and it's like, okay, gotta get get back to the office. Uh, it's still a serious thing, and, and take it seriously. You know, if you're in an area where you have to wear your mask in a certain location, wear your mask. You know, don't don't be one of these jackasses that are hanging out on St. Mark's Place. You know, just because you're bored and you're tired of being stuck in there. You know, think of other people and think of you know, you know, let's we're Hopefully, we're keeping the levels at low that we don't have to worry about the hospitals being overwhelmed and stuff until we get a vaccine. But just just a reminder for everybody, just kind of do what 
the health authorities and the governments ask you to do. It's not, they're not trying to impinge on your rights or anything. It's, we're trying to make everybody safe. So just keep that in mind. Right. So with that, I hope that you are all healthy and that we see you next week. So go Giants. Go Giants. <laughs>